You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. We're back on The Pipeline Show and continuing with our team-by-team WHL previews. And uh, this stop, it's the Vancouver Giants, and that means I get to speak with the general manager of those Giants. That's Barkley Parnetta. Welcome to The Pipeline Show, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, pleasure to get a chance to speak with you. I, th- I think this is actually the first time I've I've had you on the show, so uh, great to uh, to meet you this way. I know I've talked to you in person, but uh, great to have you on the program. Um, let's get to know your team a little bit, and as we're uh, well through uh, training camp and now into the preseason, um, maybe we'll start by listing the players who aren't back from last year's playoff team. And uh, the uh, 98 borns that you had, uh, with the club last year, Jared, Jared Dimitru, uh, Davis Kosh, Jared Legion at one point, and uh, Dallas Hines as well. I know there are others who aren't back this year who do still have WHL, WHL eligibility. Uh, who's not back with the team this year? Dallas Hines has moved on to the CIS. Um, uh, Davis Koch has, has moved o- over to Europe there. He's given it a shot over in Germany and mm-hmm. one of the Dell leagues, and, and which is great for him. He became a really big part of our team last year and was really uh, uh, not only on the ice but off the ice, did a terrific job with sort of uh, bringing our group together. And he really turned out to be a big part of what happened in the run. And then, of course, our you know our captain has graduated, and Jared Demetra, who truly was a, a, a very good captain, a true leader in every sense of the word, and just a warrior on the ice. He really uh, left it all out there and set a, a great example for our, our young leadership group to sort of uh, – see how a leader is and they can sort of carry the torch from there and he passed it on and then we're really lucky and fortunate to have had him now there are other players who were on the on the squad last year that you had in the playoffs but uh, aren't with the team anymore due to off-season trades and what have you who are who are some of those guys well Dawson Holtz uh, is a guy that that we moved to uh, you know get going into the summer we had a lot we have a lot of returning uh 99s and mm-hmm. he, we had an opportunity to get him into a good situation and it worked out for us that we're able to get a, a player back that we think can help us and, and has experience in the league even though he's a European but uh, Sergei Alkamov and, and which sort of bolstered our lineup uh, gave us another veteran guy so that was kind of nice uh, you know we're still currently sitting with uh, the six overages and and, uh, and and that's going to sort out obviously at some point here it has to start, sort out by the 10th and uh some of the guys are still at pro camp, so that's uh, we're waiting to make sure everybody's coming back before we really do too much there. Now, when you have six 20-year-olds in camp, that's a lot of competition. And I know I've, I've talked to a lot, most of the GMs at this point now, uh, and uh, some of them like to have uh, got down to three before camp starts, so it's not sort of a, a story. It's not hanging over other guys' heads. And uh, other GMs want to see that battle and, and guys fighting for those three roster spots. Uh, what about for you? Six is a six is a lot. You might have more than anybody else. Yeah, I think we do. Ideally, obviously, it's much easier to manage if if you're sort of down to your guys. Um, the one thing that we're fortunate here and, and is that we've got uh, six twenty-year-olds that are all capable of playing in our league. Mm-hmm. And the run that we went on last year, our team grew so close. Uh, really, they all get along so well that uh, the situation coming into the year is that you know what. Um, they all know uh, there's only going to be three of them at the end of the day, but the the, the hardest thing is we got to work through it and get to it. And and the kids all get along so well that it's it's you know uh, it's we're able to do it. It's not like they don't get along with one another. Uh, the other thing is is you know it's more the day of waiting to hear when they're gone. I'm sure there's going to be a big group hug and a cry, and I might even be in that group hug and cry because <laughs> we did go through so much last year and 
uh, we all became extremely close. Uh, that you don't go through a season like that and uh, not get tight. So they all know they all know that the, the, the potential of what could happen, and and I think communicating with them, uh, you know, on a daily basis and talking to them, uh, sort of keep them at ease and, and just let them know that you know what you know what it's not like I'm not going to look at them because one of them is going to be gone. Uh, I'm still interacting with them on a daily basis, and 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 they're doing their job, which is awesome. Now there's six, and you can only have three. Uh, one of the one of the six you have is a defenseman. So is it almost like okay, I I don't want to have three overage forwards, so the defenseman's probably safe. I don't want to you know put words into your mouth or anything. But how do you determine who those three are going to be? I mean, some of it could be who gets you the most back in trade because you're right, all six of these guys can play in the league. So exactly what you just said. That's exactly what's been going through my mind and our organization's mind all summer. What is what what is the right thing for the organization? And sometimes what you might get back comes into play. Sometimes it's needs on other teams. I mean, Dylan Pluff is overage defenseman that's returning, and and you know with a a couple of guys at pro camp not knowing how long they're going to be uh, on our back end. We had four guys at NHL camps mm-hmm. uh, off our back end. It's it's important that we you know we know we've got some veteran presence back there. So. You know, it should be sorted out by the 10th. Uh, you know, the forward group, again, it, it's a really interesting dynamic when you look at our 20-year-olds because there's no two similar guys. They all bring something to the team in a different aspect, in a different way, uh, which is really unique, I think, in the sense that, you know what, do you want a heavy, hard guy? Do you want a face-off guy? Do you want a two-way guy? Do you want a guy that is a one-shot scorer? So, you know, it, it, it's all going to sort of unfold, and and I wish I could tell you I know I knew how it was going to unfold because uh, I've got maybe ten different scenarios that I've <laughs> mocked up on a, a spreadsheet, and, and with every move, with every move of one, it, there's a reaction for another. So it, it's it's sort of just going to see what happens here. All right. Well, just for the uh, audience, uh, for their benefit, the six are Owen Hardy, Braden Watts, Jaden Joseph, Milos Roman up front. Uh, as well as Dylan Plouffe on the back end and David Tendak uh, in net. And uh, and again, a couple of those. I mean, a goaltender, a 20-year-old goaltender uh, is is risky because not all, all teams have a, a 20-year-old want to tie up a, a 20-year-old spot with a goalie, and you have a, an import as well taking up one of those 20-year-old spots. So it does definitely get complicated for you. Um, let's go to those Europeans right now. And, and you mentioned uh, the acquisition of Sergei Alkamov earlier. Um, and, and Milos Roman is back as well. Uh, I, with Roman taking up the 20 year old spot, I mean, does he come into question or is, is he going to be one of the twenties, uh, because of the import situation as well? He taking up two spots. Well, Milos is at the Calgary Flames camp right now. And until he's back, we don't know he's going to be back. The potential for him possibly to sign and right. play in the HL is still there. Uh, so, when he comes back, then we'll have a much better idea of where that goes. I mean, Milos um, is a consummate professional. His workout regiment is off ice. He, he truly uh, is a professional player, uh, and uh, he's uh, he was our top line center last year and he ate up a lot of minutes. So, you know, he, he's a player that certainly knows our identity and plays to it, as all of our guys do uh, in that age group. So, uh, if he's back, I think that 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 would be terrific. And uh, we'll have to sort of see what happens from there. Is he signed? Have the Flames signed him? He, he has not signed yet, but he could mm-hmm. earn a contract at this camp. And that's sort of, you know, sometimes you just don't know. The one thing I know about hockey is that you can't, you, you, what you, you don't know about hockey, because things, 
tend to change and happen and, and you may have a great master plan, but guess what? That master plan looks a lot different at the end of the year than it did at the start. Yeah. Uh, similar also with Tendek uh, being an Arizona prospect and at their camp right now is, but I don't know if he signed yet or not. Now, David hasn't signed yet either. And that's, so when guys go into camps like this, yeah. that's the question as a general manager. Like truly both these guys went to league final last year. Uh, I think they're, they're both very good players and the potential for them to go there and sign and all of a sudden you get a call from the organization saying, you know what, we've signed them, we're going to send them down to the HL, see how it goes. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's one of the reasons why we still have six OAs is, mm-hmm. you know what, we don't know the status of them. So, uh, you kind of wait and hope. And, and even other teams don't want to trade for guys that, you know, may not be coming back. They, they sort of teams, GMs and organizations want to know guys could be part of their program if they make a trade for them. Exactly. Um, I wonder in situations like that, what's your communication like with the NHL team? Or are you kind of just basically, you know, wait and see what play, how it plays out? No, I, I mean, I'm fortunate. I, I worked with Bradtree Living in, 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 well, Phoenix, but Arizona now was Phoenix Coyotes when I worked there. But, mm. uh, so Brad and I also, uh, played some junior together. So we've got a really good relationship and I'm able to, text or call him and he's pretty forthcoming with what's going on so you know i don't want to bug them uh we want to get them a good look and and at some point you know i'll shoot off a text say how's it going whatnot and and generally we'll get a heads up uh same with arizona we've established a relationship their goalie coach was uh, out a lot last year uh i was able to establish a relationship with a general manager who came to a couple of our games so i was able to speak with them and 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 hopefully then Lindsay Hofford as well is a guy that we're able to communicate with uh, via text or however, and they've been pretty good at sort of, you know, letting us know what's going to happen more or less. Barkley Parnetta, the GM of the Vancouver Giants, my guest here on the Pipeline Show as we uh, get prepared for the upcoming season. Uh, let's continue on with the goaltending position. And outside of David Tendek, you have Trent Miner as well, another drafted player. Uh, he's off at Colorado camp uh, right now. So with those two guys gone, you still have two other goalies with you right now, and Braden Yerby and, and Drew Sim. Um, let's just assume for a second all four guys are back. It's it's a problem, but it's kind of a good problem to have, too. you got uh, a lot of talented netminders. It is. We're fortunate to, to, to have that. And, and certainly, uh, as a general manager or coach or even a team, I know that going through the year last year, the tandem of Tendick and Miner, uh, just the comfort level that you don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the net uh, really puts you at ease because you can really focus on other things. When you've got a goaltender that you're maybe not as confident in or whether you only have one and then one gets hurt, then you're wondering what's going on. That uh, uh, that makes for some sleepless nights for general managers in this league, for sure. But Brady Yerby's a, a, a O2 that's come in, and, and you know what? Both Brady and Drew are trying to establish themselves as, as Western Hockey League goaltenders, and they've sort of each played two games now, and, and they're sort of finding their way through it. And in the event that... Uh, one of the two other goalies aren't back or here, then you know what? That's where we look. We look into the the depth of our organization to hopefully uh, have that position filled. And and you know what? The, so far they've been okay. They've been been fine with through the exhibition season, and uh, it does heat up in the regular season. But uh, we'll see. Again, it's kind of a waiting game. We got to wait to see what happens when people return, and once they're here, then we sort of uh, move forward. Well, it's been, uh, we've been t- chatting for about 10 minutes and I haven't mentioned the name Bowen Byram yet, but we have to get there now and just how big of a question mark that is for you coming into this season because, uh, you know, you can make an argument that uh, there's not a lot of 18 year olds that can step right into the NHL, especially as a defenseman. But if there's one, boy, it might be him. And, uh, 
how how nervous are you uh, with what happens with Bowen Byram and, and the the difference it means for your team uh, to have him this year or not? Well, I mean, I mean, first off, if if Bo is able to make the Colorado Avalanche this year, that really speaks well to the organization. It really shows that uh, the preparation and and the sort of teaching that we did with him got him to a level at that age. And I mean, he's a remarkable player. Obviously, a lot of it are natural instincts, and it's, he's a pleasure to work with. But it really would help, and and I don't think in junior hockey he can really plan for that. You know, I don't know how what's how he's going to do if he starts putting up numbers and doing well. We may not see him all year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what Colorado would think as far as their the cap hits and whatnot. You know, does he play his nine games and come back? Uh, we do have a relationship with them, and obviously Joe Sackick's from Vancouver, and and he he's friends with the organization, so uh, he's another person that we can talk to and is pretty open with us. But really. Watching what Bo did in the playoffs last year was remarkable. I mean, to think that a 17-year-old defenseman led the playoffs in scoring for the first time in the history of the WHL was not only was he only 17, but you think about the Hall of Fame defensemen that have played through the playoffs in the H- in the WHL and never did that. I, I was I actually didn't know a defenseman had never done that, but watching what Bo did, I'm not going to rule anything out. I mean, he he could go to the NHL and play regular. He really could, but. Until they start playing the games and sort it out up there, and, and you know, defensively, that sometimes it's a little harder on those guys when you're playing against pros. And then uh, the other thing is they do have really good young depth there in their mm-hmm. organization. So I don't know if they could have three guys under 21 on their back end. Half of their back end being under 21 uh, in the NHL would be uh, a pretty big feat to, to pull off for the entire season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you, as of this moment, do you plan like, okay, we have to plan as if he's not coming back. And then if he does, you know, in mid November, after he's played nine games, whatever, then it's a bonus. But for now you plan like you don't see him again. We do. Uh, yeah, we, I plan the plan going in was like, we don't know when he's coming back. Let's, let's build our team around the premise that he won't be back. Um, whether he comes back uh, just prior to the World Juniors and is gone, or whether he comes back after the World Juniors and is, it's like getting a, 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 a real big deadline acquisition that gives you a big shot in the arm for the mm-hmm. for the playoff run. All right, so the the rest of the blue line then, uh, guys like Caleb Bullich and, and Seth Bafaro and Alex Kanek-Liepert, and, uh, you have a lot of returning players uh, that were with you on this playoff run from last year. That experience has got to be a, a huge bonus for you coming into this year. Well, it's huge. You know what? It, that that experience. Uh, I mean, I it really was the first time for me firsthand being that involved, going that deep. Uh, we, uh, you know, being around the guys and just seeing what they go through, not just on the ice mentally. I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs, and it's extremely hard what these young kids do. The people have no idea how hard it is to be a Western Hockey League player. These guys balancing their school, uh, the the tactics, the video. The teaching that goes on. I mean, there's, I watch our practices and, and I have a hard time keeping up sometimes. And these kids are smart. They're smart and they work hard. And that playoff experience through something like that, uh, is great for the organization. Cause what happens is now going through it the next time, that experience bleeds into those young kids because the way the older guys act and react, that's what the young group sees. And they sort of just take, take cues from the older guys, which really helps sort of keep that rolling and over and over every year. So, you know what? It'll put the younger guys at ease that, you know what? They've been here before and, and 
they've been through those battles and 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 the trenches of the playoff series travel everything and uh it really does help it's it, it it's so such a we're so further ahead going into a playoff with a group like that that has that experience that uh, it really does help and pretty much everybody's 18 or 19 i think on your blue line a couple of younger guys but not rookies either i don't think there is a rookie on your blue line this year is there well, yeah, no, there is right now. I mean, we've got, uh, the, we've got two guys, Tanner Brown and, and Jacob Gender are, are O2 players that are coming in and, uh, have had a really good preseason here. But, you know, our, the, the bulk of our D is, you know what, we've got, uh, Dylan Pluff, Alex Count Kleeper, Caleb Bulich, Seth Buffaro, uh, and Nick Draffin returns as well. So, uh, you know, and excluding Bo on, on top of that. I mean, so that's a, a pretty veteran core back there and, and they are an older group at this point and, and they're all very capable, good players in our league, and, and they sort of all bring a different thing that that helps us. So, no, it's it's a again comforting feeling to have D like that. A D and goalies tend to be the biggest uh, uh, sleep loss guys for uh, GMs in the league, and and I'll, I haven't had to take any sleeping pills. I'll tell you that to get to sleep <laughs> right now. I'm getting to sleep okay. Uh, well, with that depth, you were able to to move Joel Sexsmith in that trade with Red Deer and, and picked up uh, the rights to Brandon Buddy. It didn't uh, turn out though. Um, what went wrong there? Well, nothing went wrong. We got Joel's in a. In, you know what? Joel worked extremely hard this year. He came in and and he looks really good. And and to get him an opportunity there, uh, you know what? With the five roster D, it's it's a tough spot. And I think that uh, he's in a good place now. He's closer to home and. I think it worked out well, and and with Booty, you know what, we're still working on him. Uh, you know what, there's nothing guaranteed in this game, and we'll just continue to sort of work on him and hope he reports, and and then and then if he does, that's great. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's look at the uh, the rest of the forward group, uh, and again, lots of experience uh, coming back, and you do have the the four ninety nine born guys up front at the moment, but uh, the rest of your uh, your group. Again, lots of returning players. Um, so that experience from, from one seed to the next, so valuable. Um, who, who have you maybe seen take a big step in their offseason development? I mean, it's not that long ago that you saw these guys, but anybody really take a, a physical maturity step? Well, I, th- I think Lucas Sekoski has, has really taken a step forward physically. He, he came back, you know, I think 12 pounds heavier than he was and he spent, uh, uh, he didn't spend kid time in the gym. He spent, uh, pro time in the gyms so there's a difference some of the kids go in there and you're not as focused and uh you know you do your workout but it's not necessarily at the level it needs to be to play in this league and and lucas really uh came a long way in the gym this summer and, and that which is really going to help him in his draft year because he uh he really started to shine in the playoffs for us and was very impressed with him i mean tristan nielsen's a, a guy who stepped in right away and 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 raised his game up another level like he's ready to go he's hungry uh he plays hard. He play, you know, he plays the right way. We acquired a, a Jackson Shepard, who's another veteran Western Hockey League player who just literally fits right in to our, our, our modus operandi. He's on his toes. He's fast. He plays hard. So uh, th- those are three guys I think that I've noticed right away. And then some of the younger guys. We had a couple of younger signings here in, in, in our group. Uh, you know, Cole Shepard was a player that we signed, uh, and you know he's. Just recovering from an injury, but he's ahead of schedule, and and he's a very highly skilled guy that, uh, you know, I was able to watch at the U17s and and this year, and he played on team with Seth Jarvis and and Justin Sertif, and and they were the three best players I thought on the team. Justin Sertif, I mean, man, 23 goals last year, 22 were five on five. He only had one power play goal last year, amazing. which is amazing if you think about it. That's incredible. Uh, another guy that can provide some scoring to us, which we're looking forward to. Uh, 
Another guy from from the BC Hockey League, John Little, is a guy that kind of uh, really prospered at the end of the season, and he's stepped in and looks pretty good. So, no, uh, along with the veterans, uh, the young guys that are stepping in are seem prepared and ready to go. And uh, you know, Cruz Plummer, another O2 guy that was a draft of the Giants, uh, came in and he's a heavy hard player. So we're excited. No, we're excited. I, I think the group looks good. Uh, now you mentioned Cruz Plummer and throws Zach Ostapchuk in the in the mix as well as as young guys who'd be uh, you know full time rookies this year if they can make the team and stick with you um, and two local guys for where I'm at uh, in uh, in around the Edmonton area they're they're highly touted but they're young you kind of have to temper expectations a little bit especially because of how deep your team is they're going to be playing further down your depth chart than they would with most teams no yeah no I, you know what it actually works out good because you know Zach. Stavchuk is a guy that he really skates well. So the transition to the league are, is always easier for those guys with that long stride. He's a big body kid. He's physically pretty mature. So you know what? He can be put into different situations and having the support of, of, of uh, some of the veteran guys, you don't have to rush him into to scenarios that you really don't want him to be in so he can sort of find his way in. We, we've had another young 16-year-old as well forward from Manitoba, Justin Lees, who's 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 been impressive at camp, came in 190 pounds, is really physically mature, and uh, you know he's from Flin Flon, Manitoba. So growing up, his his minor hockey wasn't necessarily as organized as some of the the places that he'd been in. So he's sort of figuring that out and learning the game. So that's that's another young guy that's sort of been looked real good through camp. So I mean a lot of a lot of positives here. Obviously, right now it's, this puck hasn't dropped, but uh, those are two young guys that have really stuck out uh, up front. Uh, that, that look like they're going to be able to make that transition. Barkley, what do you think the, the biggest challenge will be for the Giants this year? Well, I, the biggest challenge is going to be teams are going to be prepared for us now. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, it wasn't a surprise to, to myself or our coaching staff that we ended up where we did, but I think there's a lot of questions in the league about where we should or shouldn't be. And I think that uh, now this year, the sort of teams are, they, they have an idea of our, our style a little more and they'll be more prepared. So I think just making sure our kids are focused, and they are. You know what? They didn't come back with big heads. Our, our boys came back in, and they got right to work, and there's nobody in there sort of resting on their laurels. They're ready to go. They're hungry, and and they want to win one more game. That's their goal, and, and they're focused. And, uh, you know, with the preparation that we do with our coaching staff, I, I and we're around our guys all the time, we keep them hum- humble, and we keep them hungry. And they really do that themselves which is even better. Uh, and lastly, I always ask the the, uh, the guests what the reasonable expectations are for for a team. And your club, I mean, so close to winning it all last year, just that one game short, um, and so many returning players. I mean, do you set the bar for success winning the championship, just that one more game? Or, I mean, could you have a – what else would be considered a successful season for you if if uh, not being WHL champs this year? Well, I, you know I... – if we don't have a target on it, certainly, I mean, that's the goal, is to win one more game. And our, our division has taken a considerably step forward. Yep. The teams in our division are, are all a year older. Uh, there's some new coaches in our division. Um, and our division's going to be a, a harder division than it might have been last year, just based on the ages of the kids and the caliber of the players. Everybody's a year older and a year better here. You know, Clone is hosting the Cup. So, I mean, our goal definitely, it, it's it's to get there. We want to be in Kelowna. Uh I'm not going to say that uh, anything short of that would be disastrous, but getting as close as we did last year with the amount of returning guys we have, uh, it's realistic, and I think that uh, there's a belief here that we're going to do that again. 
Absolutely. Really appreciate your time, Barkley. I hope uh, you guys have a terrific season. Wish you the best of luck. Thanks for doing this. No, it was great. Great to talk to you. I enjoyed it. Anytime. Well, what do you think? I had a number of people uh, making predictions for the BC division that uh, had Vancouver as the number one team, and then they'd have a little asterisk and say, if Bowen Byram is back, and if not, then they might be the third or fourth team uh, in the division. I still look at that club, and there's there's depth at every position once again. if I mean, if they get David Tendak back from Arizona, then they've got two goaltenders that are starters in the league, Tendak and Trent Minor. So I would expect them to move one of them, likely David Tendak, and I could see a fit there with uh, with Prince Albert potentially, or maybe Winnipeg because they've got some injury issues. And if they uh, get Milos Roman back as well, well, they still got too many. Uh, they'd still have five overage players, so two of them would have to go. And all six that Vancouver has right now can play in the league. So yeah, they're going to move pieces. They're going they're going to have to move some players, and they might not get impact. Uh, you know, warm bodies in return for them, but they're dealing from almost from a position of strength. Yeah, with their back against the wall because of the overage limit, but you look at the rest of the team and there's still a lot there. I think Kristen Nielsen could be poised for a, a, a huge season for the Vancouver Giants. I like the uh, that you've got Cruz Plummer and Justin Sordoff and, and Zach Ostapchuk all coming in and uh, young guys to build around, and they're not going to have to play above their head yet. And the blue line without Bowen Byram still has Dylan Plouffe and, and Seth Bofaro and Alex Kanak-Liepert and Kayla Bullich. And so they've they've got depth. I, I still think this could be the, the best team in the division without Bowen Byram. Without them, they're a really good team. With Bowen Byram in the, back in the lineup, they might be the favorite in the WHL for the championship this year. So yes, a lot is riding on whether or not he comes back, but if he doesn't, or if he only comes back, you know, mid-November, and then he's gone to the World Junior, and he only basically only plays about forty-five games, fifty games, you're still going to have him for the playoffs, and uh, that's when it really matters. So uh, the the Vancouver Giants are going to be really, really good once again. Up next on the Pipeline Show, the return of Willie Desjardins to not just the program, but to the Western Hockey League as he's back in his old, familiar stomping grounds of Medicine Hat. We'll look at the Tigers. We'll also uh, ask him. How much the league has changed in the uh, decade that he's been gone to the NHL. That is coming up next here on the Pipeline Show. One, two, three, four. Penalty is over. And the Flames four of them get out. Up the center and coming in as Lou Gillendike centered it. And the scores! Lanny McDonald! Hey, it's Lanny McDonald, formerly of the Medicine Hat Tigers, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. <laughs> 